Come on in, have a seat, and we can get started this morning. We want to welcome everyone to our service here this morning here at the Boomer Church of Christ, especially those that are, are viewing our service online. Thank you for making this part of your Sunday morning activities. We come together this morning to worship the Lord, and uh, we uh, have a good number present, a lot of visitors. So thank you for being here and being part of our service. If you would take the friendship register from the end of the pew and pass it down, uh, we would like to have a record of everyone's attendance this morning. Let's begin our time together in prayer. Our Father, thank you for all of the many blessings that you have bestowed upon us. We're thankful for this time of thanksgiving and we pray that you will Help us to be the kind of people that are always grateful for the many blessings that you bestow upon us. Father, be with us as we enter into our time together today. We pray that you'll be with Ken, that he'll bring a lesson that will be uplifting and, and helpful to us as Christians. Lord, we know that you're good to us and you take care of us and we are so thankful for that. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. That's locked up. Well, our first song this morning is God is so good. I was fixing to say we can do that from memory. <clears throat>
God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. He cares for me.
you bow with me, please? Heavenly Father, we're so thankful this morning that we have an opportunity to come and to worship you in song and praise. Father, we ask that you be with your church here at Boonville and its leaders, Father, that we may continue to grow not only in numbers, but grow spiritually. Father, we know there's many of our number here that are sick and lost loved ones. We ask that you comfort them as only you can. Father, we also know there are many of our number here that are traveling to and from family during this holiday week. Father, we ask that you return them safely to their homes. Father, we ask you to be with Brother Ken this morning as he delivers a message. And Father, help us to be attentive to that message and not only hear it, but to practice it in our everyday lives. Most of all, Father, we thank you for your son Jesus, who died on the cross that we might have forgiveness of our sins and an opportunity of home in heaven with thee one day. It's through Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. A song of invitation after the lesson will be There's a Fountain Free. <clears throat> Before our lesson this morning, we'll sing, sing hallelujah to the Lord. Sing hallelujah to the Lord. Make a joyful noise 
to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God, and it is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, blessed his name. For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Believe it or not, now we've lost the clicker. For those, oh wait, I, found, I think I found it. I don't, this isn't, is, yeah, okay. Whew. Any of y'all who are members of this congregation know that there was a saga some time ago in which this mic was missing. It was missing for like a month. And you know, I kept claiming that I was not responsible, but everybody's like, okay, all right. But I'm so glad that it was found and I'm glad, <laughs> whew, I'm glad we found this one too. Thank you for being here today. Um, of course, most of you are members here, and we expect you to be a part of this assembly. And isn't it great? We look forward to the first day of the week to worship God, but we also look forward to it as a time of our reunion. We come together as a family here to worship God. And, you know, I, I go other places, and... I join in with the worship there, and as you would do, I give all that I have in that worship, and it's meaningful, but I'll just tell you, there is, there is nothing quite like being with your own family to worship God. You feel that way? Some of you are visiting, and I'm going to think that a lot of you are visiting because of family. Maybe you came for Thanksgiving, you celebrated that, you were too full to go back home, and so you have stayed the extra day to be with us. And we want you to feel and experience what we're experiencing as family. So welcome. We're glad that you're a part of that today. It has been an extraordinary week, a week that we dedicate as a nation to being thankful. And so many past the meal move on to thoughts of the Christmas holiday. But I want us just to linger in the after effects of what we've experienced already this week and to just just relish the fact that God is so good. And today to be especially thankful. And we will use this text from Psalm number 100 as a springboard for our thoughts today. I appreciate those who filled in for me last week while Anita and I were gone with our family. I listened to Stephen's sermon the other day about that amazing grace of God, and it was powerful. Thank you, Stephen. 
And I also listened to Adam's overview of the book of Revelation. <laughs> so that was a chunk. But Adam, thank you for that. And I just appreciate these men and so many others who are capable in this congregation. We are so, so blessed to have you be a part of us. Now we're going to study God's word together. There isn't anything special, I guess, about the presenter, except that he has the responsibility of sharing God's word with you, which if you've ever filled this role, you know is a humbling and daunting sort of task, because I dare to speak for God. But my intention is to get out of the way of that and just let God speak to us from his word. And so we're going to pray here in just a moment about that exchange that you and I are going to have. We pray that God will help me to communicate his word. But I'm praying for you today. I've already prayed for you that this message will find its place in you that maybe it'll become a permanent part, something that is said or some thought that it stimulates in you will be long lasting and of a great spiritual benefit to you. I know God can do that as he is able to do so many things. So let's pray that God will bless us now as we enter into this time of worship in the meditation upon his word. Please bow with me. Our Father in heaven, we are thankful to you today. We're thankful for the privilege right now to be assembled in this place as one family, joining our hearts, souls, our minds together in praise to you, in worship, as we've already endeavored to do through singing and prayer itself. And Now, Lord, as we are entering into a meditation upon your scripture, I pray, Lord, that you will strengthen us in that. Help this word to be alive in us. Help these words to reflect what is in us already if we are your children. I pray, Lord, that you will help me that I'll be able to communicate in a simple and understandable way the things that I have prepared. And I pray, Lord, that you'll help me to express these things in a way that you intend them to be expressed. I pray for those who hear your words today, that that word will fall in exactly the right place. Help the hearers to be attentive to what you have to say to be able to acknowledge the truth of it and then to be able to act on it in some way. Lord, today we come before you as grateful people. And I thank you for your word that helps us to express that in several different ways. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm assuming here, that you've spent so much time in thanksgiving over the last several days that it's just kind of all in you. You just have a different step about you today. And as you've come 
to worship, that thankfulness that has been building in you is just, it's falling into place as Jordan has led these songs. I hope that that gratitude that you have for God has motivated you to sing out and to pour your heart into the praise of God. It seems to me that Thanksgiving is something that drives that attitude of worship, of lifting up God. When we are thankful in this way, we're really, we're expressing as best we can our reaction to some good thing that God has done. And I notice, as maybe you do, especially today, as we've been singing, that our sense of thanks and of that praise and adoration of God mingle together in order to express our worship to Him. Even in this psalm itself, at verse 4, it says, Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. It's like when I come into God's presence, I do not come empty-handed. I come with thanks and praise that are bubbling over in me. One of the, I don't mean to pick on Stephen today so much, but one of the most profound things that Stephen ever taught me was actually in a class that he taught over a year ago in camp. And it was this idea that when we come to worship, we do not come with an empty bucket like we want to get it filled up. What we have done since the last time we were enjoined in this corporate worship is we have, through our experiences in this week, filled up a bucket of praise and adoration to God that when we walk through the door is sloshing over and in our worship, we are just spewing it everywhere. I hope that some of that spew from somebody else's praise and adoration just splashed all over you today. Because when we come to worship, we are bringing our thanks and we are bringing our praise to God in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13 and verse 15, in that text, he expresses the same idea that it is an expression of praise that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. I love it when we assemble together in order for all of us as individuals to join all of that expression of thanks and praise to God, mingle it together and offer it up as a sacrifice. What that text says is the fruit of our lips. What is the occasion, you ask? I mean, what is it that's prompting that? I, I talked about how we are preparing ourselves throughout the week in order to come here and participate in that, but I, I don't know. There's just something, something wonderful about this week in particular, it isn't necessarily the occasion, okay? Not, not just because it is the Thanksgiving holiday. And so it's like we're expected to be thankful. 
It's not that. I had, I don't know, I don't think I'm bragging, I'm just telling the truth. I, I had two Thanksgiving meals this week, two. And when we have our Thanksgiving meals, what we do is we go around the table and we have each one who's present to say one thing that they are thankful for. And maybe some of you do the very same thing. It is, it is a wonderful procedure. It gives incredible insight. And some of the things that I heard people say just made me very weepy, very emotional. But if you've ever been in that process where you're going around the table and it's getting time for you to speak and you just have a flood of thoughts that come into your mind and you pick one of them and you say it. Have you ever maybe been at the head of that line and you said it first and then as it went along, you began to think, why, why didn't I say that? That's that thing that they just said, that, that is important to me too. Why didn't I think to say that? In fact, I guess to one degree or another, it would be true that everything that everybody expressed around the table, unless it was super specific to them, almost every generality that someone expressed, actually I could be on the coattails of that too. And usually as the person who leads the prayer at the end of all of that, Maybe they won't identify every single thing that was mentioned, but there probably will be some expression similar to the idea that, oh Lord, for all of these things that have been said, we are so thankful. You know why that is? You know why it is that when you go around the room and you hear every expression that it seems like you can relate to all of those things. The reason is because God, the Lord, is so good to us in every single area of our lives. There is hardly anything that we could mention that is not touched in, in some way by God's hand. I'm very thankful for a lot of things, a lot of things that I've heard this week, a lot of things that in my quiet moments I've thought about that maybe I could not speak them, but still I am so thankful to God. I'm thankful for the way that, for instance, God increases my joy. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Oh, do you have that song on your heart today? Do you have that song on your heart every day? And whether you're singing the words or you're humming it or it is going as a repeat in your mind you are filled with joy and celebration from one moment to the next. And just as a turntable life just switches that tune from one to another in glorifying God in some amazing ways. 
Now, there are some things in life that are very obvious that bring us great joy. And I think of Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4, right? It's so full of joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. It's just like, it is enough just to express joy, but, but just rejoice again, just over and over. There's so much to rejoice in. And the obvious things. Like, well... Here's the text from James chapter 5 and verse 13. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. That makes sense. When we are happy, it's just like we're singing a tune. And, and whether we're literally doing that or not, there just seems to be a song in our heart and our step is a little lighter. And we just, we just feel good about so many things and everything we express. We're just, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Just so overjoyed like a a child has received some kind of special gift that they've been anticipating for some time. It has arrived and we're just, oh, thank you, Lord. And just, you know, singing. Or Romans 12 and verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice. And so even if it's not me per se, I can still find joy in the life of someone else who has experienced good things and we just go on and on and on about it. When good things happen, we just want to tell everybody. That is the increasing in joy that we expect. It's obvious for me to think when I'm thinking about joyous things that they're good things, they're happy things. But I, I'm also thankful to God that He can increase my joy even in the things that are not so obvious. The other day I was stopping and looking and seeing my little family, my children, their spouses, my little grandchildren. And I thought, it just, it doesn't get any better than this right here. I am so overjoyed and happy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. But have you ever had those days when it's like one day it couldn't get any better? I mean, you're just so happy. So, I mean, this is it. When, when, <laughs> when eventually someday you're in therapy and they tell you to go to your happy place, <laughs> that will be your happy place. You'll remember that moment. But do you know, just days later, your whole world can be turned upside down. Will you find joy then? James said something as he began his very practical day by day where the rubber meets the road book. In the very beginning, James chapter 1 verse 2, he said to count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Not, not count it all joy when everything goes your way or count it all joy when You've got that happy moment. Count on joy when you are in a meditative spirit. You think about all the good things that are happening right now. Not that. Count it on joy when you fall into various trials. Find that to be a joyous time. 
Lord, are you increasing my joy? Yeah, and it's coming through this right here. Oh, but you know those texts that I mentioned, they're two-sided. James 5, 13. Yeah, sure, when you're cheerful, sing songs. He said, when you are suffering, pray. In the cheerful aspect, I am, I am adoring, praising, and elevating God. In that painful suffering, I'm still speaking to God. I'm still adoring Him. I, I'm, still, I'm still going to Him, but I am supplicating. Oh, Lord, can I not find joy in the knowledge that He hears His children, even in the midst of that trial? Or that other text from Romans 12 and verse 15. Yeah, he said to rejoice with those who rejoice, but also he says to weep with those who weep. So just as much as it is, it is a joy to celebrate with others when these good things happen, let the good times roll. But also when things aren't so good and somebody's suffering when, when they have a broken contrite spirit, they are weeping. Well, God's still there in that moment too. In fact, I find a relation with Jesus, don't you? If I would just accommodate his feelings from John 11, verse 35. Jesus wept. Why did he do that? Because they were weeping. We weep with those who weep. It doesn't mean we're doesn't mean we're lacking any joy. It may be a tough moment, but we still can count on God to increase our joy despite the moment. I'm real thankful for that. Aren't you? I'm thankful also for the way that the Lord directs my life. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Okay, here, here's the thing. God is not just a pal. We talk of Jesus as our friend. Jesus said, you are my friends. Okay, we're close. But we are not God. Know the Lord. He's God. Don't get too far ahead of ourselves. I didn't make me. The Lord did. I make my assessments about how life is going or the circumstances that prevail. I, I didn't put myself in this time. I didn't put myself in this arrangement with these people. I just, I just, I landed in a particular family. I was raised by a set of parents. I was nurtured by the people around me. I came out. I'm an individual. I'm married. I have my own family. I, I have surroundings. I have a circle of influence. But I am not God. I did not make these things. And as much as I would love to think I'm in control, I'm really not. None of us are really in control. And yet we worry because we think to some degree that we have lost 
control. First, we didn't have the control to begin with. So how is it that we are losing it? Jesus said, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you'll drink, or about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into bars, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can have one cubit to a stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For Heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things sufficient for the day. Today is its own trouble. Trust God. Do not worry. The, the, you know, you can worry, but your worry is not going to fix anything. In fact, it may just cause you to become more and more of the slave that is connected with the things that you are worrying about. Don't, don't get on that route. Jesus said, trust God. Trust God and all this other stuff. That's going to take care of itself. I've got you. I've got this. Whatever this is, God is in control of that. More in line with God's thinking and hopefully what our thinking should be is this statement that we are His people. His people. So he's responsible for us. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. You know, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I am am not in need is the expression there. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God's got this so that we can live through it in order to attain that. I'm just, I'm so thankful, aren't you, that the Lord directs my life. And I'm thankful that the Lord accepts my limitations. And boy, have I ever got the limitations Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. That sounds triumphant. I I told you, we came here to do that. 
We came here with buckets full of the praise and adoration of God. We're just going to slosh that praise and that thankfulness all around so that it just splashes on everybody else. Great. But have you ever felt differently from that? I mean, we can say it. Got my bucket full, going to slosh the praises. But is that really how I came in here today? Well, I'm, I am really thankful for this one. Accepting my limitations. Be honest, sometimes my bucket isn't so full. Kind of hurting going through those trials. Maybe I didn't have faith in God that I should. Maybe I'm taking on too much when God has promised to take it all. Whatever the circumstance, here I am limited and I feel, whew, feel unworthy. I get that picture of Isaiah in Isaiah 6 as he saw the Lord on his throne. I, I know that he's humbled. He falls down on his face. Woe is me, for I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Maybe that's how I feel sometimes. Now that I'm in God's presence, whatever, now I do feel so small and unworthy. So, so unworthy. Okay. But I might feel that way. God isn't wanting me to feel that way. He's wanting me to, wanting me to feel triumphant. Here's a word. He's wanting me to come before him with boldness. That's Hebrews 12, verse 19. Come with boldness. We do that by the blood of Jesus Christ, according to that text. In Ephesians 2, or Ephesians 3 and verse 12, again, we come with boldness. But that boldness is accompanied by faith in Jesus Christ. If I could just claim, lay hold to the blood he shed for me, to live my life of faithfulness, come on. Wouldn't I be able to boldly go into his presence? I think it's, I think it's this very thing right here, the recognition of our own limitations that the Holy Spirit shared something from Paul's heart as he was writing to Timothy. First Timothy chapter 1 beginning verse 12. He said, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, although I was formerly a blasphemer, persecutor, and an insolent man. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant in faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. However, for this reason I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show all longsuffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. You believed on him for everlasting life. You had your sins washed away. He said, I will serve as an example for you. 
Wait, why do I need an example? Well, because sometimes I'm facing my limitations. I don't feel so good about it. I'm not perfect. Paul said, neither am I. Look what the grace of God did for me. Could you have been any worse than me, the chief of sinners? Frankly, I'm going to have to say, okay, if we're just comparing apples, no. I never persecuted any Christians. I wasn't kicking ever against God. It wasn't anything like that. He said, well, you didn't go that far. Look what God did with me. If he can do that, oh, let that be a pattern to you, what he can do with you. That's what Jesus' coming was all about. And please keep in mind, Jesus did not come to save perfect people. He came to save sinners. In Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8, while we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die, but... God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I've spoken to so many people who are like, yeah, I will will obey the gospel because I know that's what I need to do. I believe Jesus is the son of God, but I've just, I've got some stuff and I'm not, I'm not perfect, you know. I'll wait until my life is ordered exactly right before. He didn't come for people who had their lives ordered and right and perfect. He came for sinners, people who were in a mess. This is, someone has said, a hospital. This is where sick people are. We're here for healing, not to show off our Sunday clothes or how great we are as Christians. We're all in the healing. We're in the rehab. We're trying to be better, not because of anything we do, but because what God has done on our behalf. And I'm thankful, aren't you, that he accepts those kinds of limitations. And I'm thankful that he suffers my inconsistencies. I just maybe get it together once in a while, but, you know, sometimes we lose our grip a little bit. Ever been there? For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, his truth endures to all generations. It is for all generations. I love that. It reminds me of the day of Pentecost when the gospel was preached and that baptism and repentance and forgiveness of sins was not just for them, but to their children and to those who were far off as many as the Lord would call. Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and 39. And so he suffers how inconsistent we can be. And he does so with those three terms that he mentioned here in verse 5. He is so good. In fact, his goodness is like an inexhaustible fountain. He is so merciful. In fact, that mercy is like an ever-flowing stream. And he is the very epitome of what is truth, it's like a fathomless ocean. 
I know what God wants for us. He wants us to be saved. He wants us to come to, to repentance, 2 Peter 3, verse 9. He wants us in being saved to come to the knowledge of the truth, 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4. But be reminded that if he isn't effective with you today, he is never giving up on you. In the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, beginning verse 22, it says that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Is today the off day for you? Remember this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. Just the, just the very presence of the Son of God among us, light in the midst of darkness, could have been the condemnation of the world. But that isn't why he came. He came to save us. That's why I'm, I'm so thankful. I'm thankful for the way he increases my joy, the way he directs my life, the way he accepts my limitations, the way he suffers my inconsistencies. And I'm wondering, you feel the same way? Are you thankful like that too? Maybe today's the day. Today is that low moment. Maybe today's the day that your thankfulness even in the midst of trial and difficulty, grows its own legs, its own identity. And you respond to that thing. Maybe as a child of God, it is no longer taking the burden for yourself, but committing today, I'm tossing that aside and I'm going to trust God. Can we do that and be thankful Maybe today's the day that you throw off sin, the yoke and the burden of death. Today, believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, repenting of your sins, confessing faith in Him, you can be buried in this water right here. Immersed in that water as Jesus was buried in the grave and rise up in resurrection to new life. Today can be an extraordinary day of gratitude and thanks. Not just the words of it, but the action in response to his goodness. If there's anybody who needs to respond, now is your opportunity. Why don't you come if you need to while we stand together and sing. There's a
song before our Lord's Supper this morning be the old rugged cross. On a hill far Yeah. Hey. 
If you have not received the emblems yet, if you would raise your hand and our ushers will provide that for you at this time. And as they are doing so, I want us to direct our thoughts for a moment concerning our mindset and our hearts. When we come to the Old Testament, toward the end of it, in the writings of the prophet Malachi, in chapter 1, he is rebuking Judah, the remnant that has returned from Babylonian captivity, and he's talking particularly about their offerings and their disposition toward worship. In beginning in verse 12 and going through verse 14, he says, But you profane it, in that you say, The table of the Lord is defiled, and its fruit, its food is contemptible. You also say, Oh, what a weariness, and you sneer at it, says the Lord of hosts. And you bring the stolen, the lame, and the sick. Thus you bring an offering. Should I accept this from your hand, says the Lord? But cursed be the deceiver who has in his flock a male and takes a vow, but sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name is to be feared among the nations. They at this time had a problem with their hearts, and likewise in the New Testament, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the Apostle Paul addressed a similar issue in the Corinthian church concerning the attitude of some toward worship of God, in particular, the Lord's Supper. And in verse 29 of that section, he gives this word of warning concerning those who eat and drink unworthily. He says that they eat and drink judgment upon themselves. So as we enter into this time of worship, I want to challenge and encourage us to keep our focus, as we just sang, on the old rugged cross, for it is there that Jesus went and willingly sacrificed himself so that we might have the hope and the promise of salvation. If you would, bow with me, please. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you at this time, and we thank you for all blessings, but especially the sacrifice of Jesus for him coming into the earth, taking on the form of a man, living a perfect, sin-free life so that he might be the perfect sacrifice. And as we enter into this memorial and we remember that sacrifice, help us to keep our focus on him and that sacrifice. We thank you for giving us this bread to represent his body. And may we partake of it in a worthy manner. And it's for this that we ask. And in Christ's name, amen.
Bow with me again, please. Our Heavenly Father, we again approach you, and we thank you for all blessings. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that was shed for the remission of our sins so that we may have that hope and that promise of eternal life and help us to recognize that in his death that he gave us the opportunity for life. And again, may we partake of it in a worthy manner. And it's for this that we ask, and in Christ's name, amen. will bow with me. Father, at this time we come to you again so very thankful for your love for us, so very thankful for how good you are to us as we've heard today and just remember each and every week, each and every day how you've blessed us and Father, we pray that each of us would give back cheerfully today and that much good would come from what is given. Again, we thank you for your son. We ask all this in his name. Amen. Good morning. Aren't you glad you were here today? We had 335 in attendance today. Um, we have several announcements uh, that are not in the bulletin. First of all, uh, if you have not paid the first half of EYC payment, it's due today. Please see Drew if you have any questions. The focus group will be going to see the play, It's a Wonderful Life in Corinth on December the 9th at 2 o'clock. If you'd like to go, please see Bonnie Warner. The cost is $10. Landmark Nursing Home Devotional is today at 4 p.m. Zion's Rest is in charge. The Golden Circle will have lunch at the Outpost and tour the Tennessee River Museum this coming Thursday, November the 30th. The bus will leave at 9 a.m. Also, 
The Golden Circle will have breakfast in the morning at the pit stop. The bus will leave from the church here at 9 a.m. in the morning. Those who have adopted a soldier reminded that your box is due back today. The Ladies' Ornament Exchange is next Sunday, December the 3rd at the Elliott Home Falling Evening Classes. All ladies are invited, and please bring an ornament to exchange and your favorite holiday finger food. They will be taking a bus to save on space for parking. Hot chocolate and cookies will be served in the annex uh, right before the um, Christmas parade next Monday. Please bring homemade cookies. And this is a reminder if you want to honor a loved one during the holiday season with a contribution to one of our ministries, the forms are in the foyer. Please return these to the office by December the 3rd. If there are no other announcements, please stand as we dismiss in prayer. Let us pray. Our most kindest, gracious, heavenly Father, we thank you today for the many blessings of this life. Lord, we thank you for the brother Ken and the lesson that he gave today. We thank you for the Sunday school teachers and Bible class teachers, Lord, and give them the words that you would have us to hear and apply to our lives. But Lord, most importantly, we're thankful that you sent your son to die on the cross that we may have a home in heaven with thee. Lord, because we know how it ends uh, in Revelations. You are victorious, and you did rise from the grave. Lord, I ask that you be with all those that are sick, all those that are not here, all those that need you. Forgive us for many sins. Watch over us as we go out this week. Guide, guard, and direct us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.